question that we get very often in the community and in our daily lives, you know, from people who message us is how do you become nomadic? Like how do you build different income streams? So I thought in this episode, we can go back and forth on if we were to start over today, like drop all of our income streams and all of our businesses, all of our income, and imagine that, you know, we're just leaving nine to five right now, or we're still in our nine to five. How would we start from scratch to build a life of freedom, as we like to call it? Why don't you go first? You, you're pretty recent, you know, like you just quit a few months ago. So let's start with what income streams did you already have when you quit? Like what was your first income stream, et cetera? Actually, let's roll it back. <laughs> I mean, like to talk about what our current income streams are first. And then if yeah. we were to drop all of it, how would we start from zero again? Okay. That's what we should do. Yeah. You can go first. <laughs> Okay. Gotcha. So I have the main biggest income stream right now is a consulting project that I do with a startup in New York. It's 20 hours per week and it pays quite well. I think it's very flexible though. I'm in Asia right now. They're in New York. I can schedule my hours however I want. I can scale it down to 15 or 25. It's very flexible in that sense. So that's the first income stream. How did you find, how did you build that income stream? It was actually a recommendation. So I think it's really important to have good connections within your network at the startups you worked at, at the companies you worked at, because when they were scaling, like they just got, they like received funding. The first person that they wanted to like bring on board was me. And then they're like, what about Emily? Like she can do this like marketing community outreach for us. So it was actually by connection. It wasn't like I actually applied for it. So who, like who did you know there or who referred you? I know the executive team. So like the CEO, the CTO and the uh, VP of Eng used to work at the startup I was at back in San Francisco. And oh the CEO moved to this new startup and recruited a bunch of these people. And then my name came up and then they reached out to me. And so I got hired on as like a consultant. Got it. So people that you've kind of already worked with before at a previous company, actually, that's like yeah. the easiest way to get clients. Most freelancers yes. I know get it from people that they've worked with previously. And my first job outside of my nine to five was consulting for the CTO yeah. who then went on to start a new startup of the first yeah. company that I was ever at too. Okay. Keep going. Yeah. So it's like so important. It's so, so, so important. So, and then there's actually another project I'm considering. It's around like uh, tech education using like AI. It's like a platform where like kids can speak in front of like an iPad or a computer and it will detect like uh, inflection tones and just like accuracy. Wait, is it Ori? No, it's called OK Sensei. It's started by a Taiwanese American like founder. I saw this. Yeah. It, um, yeah, it's in yeah. the Taiwanese American, uh, incubator that we were looking at. Yeah. Spark Excel. So they actually, yeah, I was recommended to their CEO as well as like someone to help. And I'm still considering if I want to like be a part of it, but I really like the mission and I like that it's like relatable. Like I met the founder. So we'll be, both be in education. <laughs> I know. Yo, so that's like, no, but it's, I'm not for sure. Distribution right here from me. <laughs> so <laughs> I, 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 I did look at it. It looked like it was more for non-English native speakers. Yeah. So like more Mandarin speakers. Yeah. So that's why I didn't reach out because we use something yeah. called Orai at the private schools that I also serve um, yeah. with my programs. And it's called Orai, which is kind Orai. of similar where you get a score on how well you publicly spoke <laughs> into the app. Yeah. It's for people to public to practice public speaking. Is this specific for like K through 12? Like who's the demographic you're trying to reach out to? No, 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 no. Adults use it. Like most of the 
schools that I try to serve and also the students that I serve, we just give them like adult level stuff because there's mm, okay, okay. There's so much already out there for adults. And I think teens should yeah. be treated like adults, but that's a story for a different day. Let's keep yeah. going. <laughs> yeah. So that's like in the project that I'm thinking of taking on. Yeah. And then I do like random side projects here and there with like content partnerships. I think I mentioned to you, like I was thinking of doing something with Coffee Meets Bagel actually, but they wanted to retain the rights to like the user generated content for like lifetime. And I was like, I don't want my face to be on Coffee Meets Bagel like content for like the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, who's this pretty girl on an ad <gasps> or ad? Oh, she's 50 now. <laughs> I'm like, these are things to consider as a creator, right? And so I like pause that project. And so like, I'm actually like rethinking about like how I want to present myself to like certain companies. Like I'm redoing my media list, my media kit. Um, But it's through content partnerships, sometimes through like one-on-one like calls, like consultative calls from people who want to work in Singapore or just Asia in general. I actually upped my prices because technically I don't really like doing these one-on-one calls. So I'm like, if you want to chat, like you got to be serious and yeah, so I increased the prices. Yeah, just be like, that's actually a service I offer because like we talked in a previous episode about not like Boundaries. giving away our time so much because that prevents us from doing all these other things, right? Which also helps other people. Okay, so you have income streams yes. of sponsorship deals with yep. brands yep. and also consult like one-on-one calls helping people move to Asia. How many followers did you have or like, how did that work? How many followers on YouTube, Instagram, et cetera, for you to land those deals? And how do you land those deals? Yeah, I think roughly like a thousand. Once I hit the 1000 mark, I was like already, I could monetize on YouTube. You need like 4,000 watch hours, 1000 subs. But honestly, like if you're creating videos like consistently, you could still technically work with these like content partners. You would probably just get paid like a little bit less because of like your following, but you could literally like, as long as you're creating content and it's good and it's interesting and there's like some sort of growth, like attribution, you could pitch yourself to like any company. And so initially companies were reaching out to me being like, Hey, do you want a free bag? Like, do you want to, like, you want food or like, you don't want, want these experiences, blah, blah, blah. And as an early creator, I was like, Oh, this is great. Like free shit, blah, blah, blah. But then I realized it was like, I actually just want money. I don't want to be paid in like food or random like swag items. So I created a media list from Canva, which includes like the demographics of my audience, like what I'm willing to do, like how much a reel or like a video or an ad insert would cost. And then I started pitching to companies that I actually like, whose products I actually use. And that includes, it could be like, you know, tax services or like, like coffee meets bagel, like an app or, um, like coworking spaces. Like I got a bunch of free stuff from like coworking spaces. Cause I was like, Hey, I'm in your city. And like, I'm going to use I it. Talk about it. Yeah. You do a lot of videos of like, Hey, here's me working at this coworking space, which is yeah. super authentic. How do you know how much to charge for these sponsorship deals? It's hard. So like, I think in the beginning, I was just kind of like sussing it out being like, okay, you know, this video could be like a hundred or like 200. I really didn't have a good way of like measuring it but then there's a platform called uh if you pay me if you pay me f like fuck you pay, F-U me. F-U pay, pay me. me yeah if you <laughs> okay. pay me not if you pay me a few f you pay me so the founder is also from the bay area but it's like almost like an indeed or glass door for content creators and you get to know how much creators are getting paid and like what their following is like what they landed So that's a good platform. Also just like through Reddit, subreddits and like looking at other people's like content creators. Yeah. Yeah. And also pushing boundaries too. Like I was like, eh, I'll like add on another hundred and see if they're willing to pay. And most oftentimes they are willing to pay. 
Okay, cool. How many how many deals have you done? Probably over 10 so far. Okay. Like 10. Yeah. But they're like some are really small, some are big. I think the biggest one I've ever done was like with Careerist. It's a uh like educational platform that helps people get into tech and and work remote. So that's one. Yeah, I think that's all the income streams that I have though, like holistically. And obviously like Option Asia, that newsletter I want to build. I only have like 200 subs, but I think that's also something I'm trying to grow along with like Asian Wonder Woman and then eventually charge for like media space, you know? Okay. So for media space and also is that how you're planning on growing your one-on-one consulting service in helping people move to Asia? Yeah. Right. So you've already done some of them just by posting and like being yourself. And then as people come in, there's too many inbounds. How do you decide who to charge and like who you're doing like a free coffee chat with right now? Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, going back to like the conversation we had. So like while I'm in Singapore, the coffee chats that I'm having with people include like a journalist, right? Like she wants to do, she wants to like do a feature on like Asian Wonder Woman. I'm like, that provides value to the community because we get more coverage within like Southeast Asia. People, some, a girl reached out, I won't say her name, was like, oh, my friend said that you're here in Singapore. Let's get coffee. I'm an entrepreneur too. I'm like, at this point, probably not. I'm not going to meet up because I just have too much going on and I don't, see how this offers value and it was more of just like let's be friends that kind of thing yeah or come to one of our community meetups that's like exactly access like that's my time to make friends (laughs) with people in the community yeah yeah and so I think right now like like we've mentioned I'm like I'm really just like keeping some space like every Monday maybe for like two to three hours that's like when I will dedicate these like meetings but beyond that I'm trying to be more protective of my space right now I think I've been doing an okay job yeah. yeah. Boundaries are important. Yeah. 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 Especially because you're going back to Singapore and you have so many friends there that you have to see in such a short amount of time. That's so energy draining. I haven't told people that I'm here actually. <laughs> like only like three people know that I'm here. <laughs> I mean, you're literally hosting something this Friday, right? Yeah. Asian Wonder Woman, they'll see you there. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, they think that I'm like landing on Saturday or something, but I've been here since like Monday. Yeah. Just got to protect my peace. Me time, me time. Yeah. Actually, that was the same when I was got to San Francisco on March 8th. I didn't tell anyone till the fall, like a week and a half later. I was like, I just yeah. need to like, just settle in. <laughs> you <laughs> so, need to like sleep, right? Yeah. And I've only seen like maybe three, four friends and I've been here for, it's my st- almost third week going into oh. third week here. Oh yeah. You've been there for a while. Yeah. Okay. I've seen, I've seen a few people a few times, but I haven't like, I didn't announce that I was here until a week and a half after yeah. I landed on Instagram and LinkedIn and stuff. And then, and then the yeah. in pour came <laughs> of, oh, hey, Lauren. and it's like really hard to coordinate, you know, time with yeah. people. Everyone's pretty busy. And yeah. I think that's just, ugh, okay. Let's not drag the conversation in a different direction. <laughs> let's talk about income streams. Yes. So, so yours, mine. As I mentioned at the beginning, my first income stream was also freelancing consulting, similar mm-hmm. to you and the community. So I used yeah. to work at Wish, which is one of the largest shopping platforms in the world, at least back in 2018. It was the most downloaded shopping app above Amazon in the years that I was there. And I was managing merchant accounts. And so when I left, there was actually a lot of merchants that wanted my help in yeah. you know, succeeding on Wish. And there was actually no any day for me to like consult for them. I wasn't giving away any secrets. Like I was basically like, as if I was moving somewhere being an account manager. So I had one client there that was through Upwork. I was super okay. surprised that they wanted to pay me on Upwork versus 
because Upwork has like a 30% fee or some kind of fee. Yeah. But yeah. now I understand now as like an employer, and this is super important to recognize, is that big companies have a budget that they've dedicated to Upwork. <laughs> And just like mm-hmm. I actually give my employees like, hey, we have a Fiverr budget. If you want to go yeah. get a flyer done or like make a video mm-hmm. and we don't have the resources to do it, go on Fiverr. Mm-hmm. Like here's the business credit card that's on Fiverr versus if yeah. they were going to try to bring on a separate consultant for their team, you just have to go through yeah. so many more approvals. And so that's mm-hmm. why they paid me on Upwork. And then also like someone that I knew from a company that I used to work at hired me. He was the founder of a gaming startup and that gaming startup wanted to get prizes through some vendor. So become kind of like a marketplace where you can get buy things for the points that you win in the game. And 2018 mm-hmm. was like the height of a lot of e-commerce. E-commerce was super, super hype. Like Instagram shopping was going out. That's why I had an oh, offer yeah. there at the end of 2018. So my skills were super in demand <laughs> of like sourcing merchants, helping merchants succeed on platforms, understanding how like shopper dynamic works, what products were valuable and like how to look at analytics and how to even track of whether we're successful. So all those things that I did at my work was just what people wanted. So it was really easy. So I did that for about four or five months, probably into Mm -hmm. 2019. And then I just didn't work for the next six months. And my income streams were basically non-existent. I lived off of my boyfriend (laughs) and husband for six months and off of my, um, yeah, savings pretty much. Like yeah. I, I just didn't make anything for like three, four months. And then I ended up taking this course, Vanessa Lau's Boss Graham Academy. Vanessa Lau's um, currently on sabbatical yeah. from her business, so you won't be able to find it anymore. But it was a course that helped new coaches become coaches. And I took that course and launched a career coaching business. Because back in 2016, I wrote this article on how to job search in San Francisco a few things that I wish I had known. And that went viral back in 2016. So now we're in end of 2019. And that article is like still number one or two on Google. If you search job search, San Francisco, job hunt, San Francisco, how to job hunt in San Francisco. I'm like definitely on the first page, probably the first top three hits. I used to be the number one and number two hit of my two articles. And so with that, I got it huge amounts of like LinkedIn messages from also Canadians who are looking to go to tech in Silicon Valley, as well as, you know, non-technical, non-engineers. It was not as common just a few years ago. Now, I think it's actually quite common for non-technical grads to move into tech companies because everything's tech now. Everything has like a tech component in Silicon Valley. And so in 2019, I just saw this opportunity that just like you saw with Option Asia, I'm like, wow, a lot of people want to move into tech. And so I already had all these people that are already inbound every single week. I ended up taking that course, which taught me to how to kind of like source clients from Facebook groups, which is just through user research. I offered free coaching calls that were really sales calls. And then from there, I brought on people who, I tried to target people like two to three years out of school who had money rather than like new grads and like just people who are looking to pivot into the tech industry. And that was a pretty solid income stream because within three months I grew it to like 15k that month mm-hmm. um into like a group coaching I ended up selling a course and now that's turned into an ebook that's twenty dollars oh, yeah. I think twenty seven dollars twenty seven dollars and I sell it on Gumroad. Um mm-hmm. I made a few thousand dollars there. It's like a very small income stream but like in general that realm has made yeah. me like about 30k, 40k like during the time that I was doing it. And now it just 
whoever finds it finds it. I don't really and, and like actually whoever <laughs> asks me still about career stuff, I send them there. I'm yeah. thinking about turning that into not a break into tech because I just talk about how to interview and how the tech ecosystem works. Like how do you write a really good resume cover letter? How do you write a cold DM? Like all of these skills are super important no matter what you want to go into. So I'm thinking about doing a rebrand to turning that into how to get a remote job (laughs) and just like keep the same content, you know, because that's what we talk about now. Turn it into like a newsletter as well, right? Like build your own newsletter. Yeah, I guess I could. Sure. But I don't want to, nah. (laughs) (laughs) Too much work, you know? Like this is like my, my low low end product. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's my main job, which I'm the CEO of an education company. I get paid actually as a contractor because I sold my company. And so I also get paid technically hourly based on the number of hours I work, but I work 40 hours. So I just get paid really like an annual salary. What else do I have? I guess investment income. I uh, own a Toronto condo that's rented out, but currently it's not really positive income. It's kind of like barely break even. I think I put some money into it still every month, but technically there is income. Just expenses are higher than the income. (laughs) Wait, how did you find your person to live there? Is it like a friend or like someone you know that's living in your condo? No. So I actually haven't even seen this Toronto apartment myself. Uh, My mom has a real estate agent in Toronto and she helped my mom buy her apartment uh, my mom has seen that apartment, but okay. uh, she, it was just like a good timing. It was like during yeah. the pandemic. And so mm-hmm. interest rates were low and the housing prices were down. And so we just, yeah. my mom was really encouraging it and that's why we bought it. But we also locked in a like renter with pandemic pricing and it's like the condo mm-hmm. market in Toronto is that if the condo is built after 2018, the rent, mm-hmm. it's rent controlled basically. Like you can't raise yeah. it more than, one percent a year and so she's getting a two-bedroom place for the price of a one-bedroom right now wow lucky for her so we're trying to figure out how to get rid of her wow. <laughs> she's yeah, a great tenant i've not heard from her for like two years now so yeah. great, great tenant um yes but negative income <laughs> okay yeah didn't you have like property like a shared uh investment property in like japan or something yes. or somewhere in asia yeah yeah, I mean, we can talk about investment as a whole, but I wouldn't consider that like an income stream. It's just an investment okay, that's okay. not paid off. Okay. <laughs> you know? So okay. yes, I bought into like a fund that yeah. the the only use of this fund was to in- buy this Kyoto hotel that was yeah. distressed. So it bought way under market. And the l- latest report, because there's a huge amount of tourists right now going to Japan. I was yeah. just in Japan. So it's doing really well right now. And the goal is for it to sell to a REIT in Japan in the mm-hmm. next five years. And then the goal, the target returns is 20% IRR. So Mm-mm. it's like 20% per year over like five years. So actually the longer it's held there, probably the better it is with this kind of market. But yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's doing pretty well, but I don't, I don't pull money from it. There's no okay. distribution. Yeah. I have a lot of angel investments, investments into funds, crypto stuff a little bit too, but nothing there's no distributions from it so I wouldn't consider that even like income yeah I'm trying to think because I made this YouTube video right on like five income streams that I had in 2022 and that blew up on YouTube and that helped me monetize and I got to pretty like I surpassed you and subscribers now you surpassed me again because I haven't posted in the last like two years (laughs) so or like year last year so I did monetize on YouTube as well I can still monetize on YouTube 
but I don't, but I'm trying to restart. You probably are getting ad revenue though from that video. Like even though you're not posting, you're probably getting ad revenue. Yeah. yeah I get a few dollars <laughs> per month. Yeah. <laughs> but the first month that I launched that video, which helped me monetize, I made like almost a thousand dollars. So I was like, yeah. oh my God, this is so easy to make money <laughs> on YouTube. And then it just like the next month was like a hundred dollars. <laughs> the next month was 50. And now I'm like making $2 a month, yeah. but it's because I haven't posted. Yeah, you should still continue making videos and just like outsource like the video editing part, which is like probably the most cumbersome. Yeah, totally. Another income stream that I used to have was I used to be on like GLG and um, I don't remember any of the other companies, but they're middlemen that help consulting firms and PE firms who are looking to buy companies or to understand a space connect with experts. And mm. I got called upon that from LinkedIn and they paid like three, $400 an hour Actually, some experts can get paid $800 an hour, but that's also not sustainable. Like I probably made a few thousand dollars from it last year. Now I don't do it anymore because it's just not worth my time right now in terms of like how much money I'm leaving on the table, like not focusing on my current job. (laughs) If I like do that and the exponential value that I can drive there versus spending an hour telling an investment banker the ins and outs of like (laughs) e-commerce. Like I made a lot of money there because Wish IPO'd at the end of 2021. And so in 2021, there was a lot of people trying to explore like e-commerce and I hopped on a lot of those calls, Mm -mm. which paid me quite a bit of money. What else do I do? I think that's it. I think based from like both of our experiences, once you become a specialist in a certain like niche field, you can really like monetize. And like sometimes like the results of like making money are like actually pretty lucrative because like you're the go-to specialist. So I think it's like good advice for someone, anyone out there listening is like know what you're good at and like definitely be able to like market those skills in a way where like it's revenue generating. Yeah. And like for you, for example, it's just you lived in Asia, <laughs> like, you know, but, but like, there's nothing, you know, not, there's so many people that live in Asia and there's not that many people yeah. that go out and talk about it. And yeah. you're definitely an expert because you've thought about it and you know how to explain to someone and you've like dissected it and put into steps that are actionable. And not everyone who moves to Asia does that. Right. And so yeah. me too, like career coaching, a lot of people who are non-technical go into tech, right. But not a lot of people actually go and talk about it. And, you know, we've learned that you can only talk about so many things because you get burnt out. And like, we're, we've talked about, oh my gosh, like so many different Instagram accounts, so many different income streams, you need distribution for each one. And it's just super unsustainable. And so yeah. between you and I, like you say that, okay, you have like three streams of income. You have freelancing, yeah. you have like sponsorships, you have like one-on-one consulting. We're trying to build Asian Wonder Woman into something that we don't even know <laughs> what it is yet. Yeah. And for me, like, it's mostly my core income stream of like my jobs like similar to your freelancing let's just say my like CEO position and my goal is to build this into an 100 million dollar education company like that's my when you're trying to build something that big I'm like I'm spending like most of my time thinking about it everything else is just like how do I still be me and not just this person that is only in education right and that's why I'm doing this podcast why I'm doing Asian Wonder Woman why like I I don't talk about career coaching anymore and I don't talk about e-commerce anymore because there's just too many facets of me and I I don't care I guess about that much that stuff as much and I need to think about how to pivot my existing stuff like the break into tech Mm -hmm ebook into remote work because that falls under that life of freedom that I'm hoping to give with Asian Wonder Woman and my students at prequel. Yeah. 
I feel like education is a pretty big umbrella for you though. And then everything else can just like fall underneath it. I definitely feel that you've pivoted, like you've made yourself into more like the go-to industry leader in like ed tech in general, which is like, it makes sense, right? Because that's like where you want to go and where you want to be. But it makes sense. Like if you were to have different products just underneath like your own personal brand, like not related to uh, prequel, like that's still very doable. Like there's so many, like everyone's just like a walking media company or like a walking business at some point. Right? Yeah. Every person is a walking media company. Yeah. Eventually like every single brand will have their own little media arm because you just yeah. need your own distribution. Right. So for me, like my Instagram is dead mm-hmm. right now because I haven't been posting. I used to post a lot of reels just like you. Like I wanted to grow and like my my travel and like freedom Asian Wonder Woman persona mm-hmm. was just like so time consuming. I'm like trying to grow on t- Twitter is like my main push right now. Yeah. I don't know why I chose Twitter. Mostly because I realized it's actually a lot of fun because I have a lot of random thoughts and I, I can just type them. And so I spent yeah. Sunday writing I, I tweet like three four times a day right now and I write them all on Sunday it's just all scheduled yeah it's impressive and I gave up on my own like personal I've given up twice now but I might pick it back up my own personal newsletter because like you know we run one for Asian Wonder Woman I run one for prequel I'm like Frick. <laughs> like I need but to make still have one though like the one that you and Owen have like that one's like pretty consistent okay. yeah, like, once oh yeah yeah sorry Owen and I have one I have so many stuff yeah. it's like four or something <laughs> I've been admin <laughs> on I'm like <laughs> Man, it's just so confusing being me, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay, so I actually, like, so one thing I realized, too, is, like, the consolidation. Like, my two goals only are, like, growing Asian Wonder Woman's uh, newsletter to 10K and also growing Option Asia to 10K subs. Like, everything else, I'm just, like, not caring. 10K is too unambitious, man. We're going really? for 100K. <laughs> yeah. We're going for 100K. At least, like, for June. 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 Like, that's, like, no, June. We, we'll talk about newsletter after this, but, like, Prequel grew 5,000 in the last week, okay? Oh, okay, okay. We've, like, really, like, newsletter, okay, roll it back. Yeah, we'll talk more <laughs> We're about talking that. about English prices <laughs> and, like, what we would do. And, like, this is something that we would do yeah. differently, right? Like, okay, yeah, we're definitely going to go over time in this podcast, but let's talk about, quickly, about wipe all that away. Like, wipe, yeah. but I think it's, I actually hate these YouTube videos that say, if I were to start from nothing, it's like, you're not starting from nothing. You're starting with like the knowledge and the skills and the network that you've built from like doing what you do. So like the best course of action is just to take action, you know? So like those entrepreneurs who are like, Oh, I built like a 10 K coaching business from like day one. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, but when people (laughs) want you to coach them, if you weren't first a successful entrepreneur and you're like past experience, right? Like that's not true. So I think just like, as we're talking about this, like we take this with a grain of salt of like what we can do and like what we would do differently. But I would say that there's a lot of things I could, I, I still <laughs> want to do and I want to do differently. But like, what would be like the one thing, the one thing you would focus on? I mean, I, I just talked a lot. Why don't you, you, you go first? Mm, okay. I mean, I think like the newsletter business is actually like doing pretty well. Like you see these like newsletter businesses like Morning Brew, TLDR, or like tech news like milk road yeah milk road milk road sold for like millions of dollars yeah it's insane I, I realized okay. that too like all these like social media platforms like instagram tiktok whatever like they can get banned in like just in a few days right like tiktok got banned in india also in hong kong maybe in taiwan so it's just like data i think data is very important and if you can own your subs data like through a newsletter it actually is like you get to control like what goes in and what goes out so i think 
initially I wish I just like grew some kind of newsletter, like a niche newsletter, build a following from that. And then once I think you get like 5k or 10k subscribers, you can start charging like thousands of dollars for like a tiny sentence in your newsletter because you just have eyeballs on it. So I think I would have just like focused more on like that. And it's very scalable because you're just writing. You don't need to like do videos or video editing. It's literally just like your own words and a bit of research and like having a flair. So I wish I had done that. And that's why I'm doing Option Asia because I'm like, I think there's potential in like growing newsletters right now. Yeah. And newsletters have always been the thing for the last like 10 years, you know, I feel like it's just catching on right now, but still not for everyone. Um, And there's new ways to grow newsletters now. But yes, like, so for prequel, we ran some ads on Farnham Street by Shane Mm -hmm. Parrish. Shane Parrish is from Ottawa. So like, I actually met him in Ottawa, which is pretty cool. (laughs) And I bought his like decision by design course. But he has a newsletter of 300,000 people. And a lot of them are like Wall Street parents, which is like our target market, right? Like we want their kids to Mm -hmm. attend our programs. He charges $6,000 for like a photo and like how many characters? Like one sentence on his newsletter. Wow. It's a newsletter. And not only that, but you can't just buy one. If you want to advertise with him, you have to buy six. (laughs) So the minimum spend is $36,000 in order to like advertise on it. I'm like, oh my God, you know? And my head of marketing right now is running a newsletter called Superhuman. Um, It's Mm -hmm. about AI. So every week he talks about like the latest that's happening in AI, which is all the hype right now. And he is one of the fastest growing newsletters. He grew to 40,000 in, he also has like 500,000 Twitter and, you know, LinkedIn following. So he's trying to grow his newsletter, (laughs) 40,000 in like, Yeah, six weeks, I think six, seven weeks. And he just started ad spots and he just wrote at the bottom of his newsletter. He's like, my click through rate is like 15% on 40,000 people. Open rates like 40%. Yeah. I'm going to sell an ad spot every, like for every newsletter who wants in. And like his inbox got flooded the next day because he's like, because people who read are like, oh, I want to promote my own thing. So it does get really easy. And he's also charging like a couple thousand. And I don't even think it's about, the size of the newsletter. It's really about like what the open rate and click-through rate is. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. I'm especially inspired by Milk Road, uh, which is the crypto newsletter. I feel like what Sean Parrish did for like crypto is what yeah. people are trying to do for AI right now because this is like the mm-hmm. new wave. And they grew to definitely over 100K in six months. They ran Facebook yeah. ads. They ran TikTok ads. Yeah, they're really trying to grow. And my friends from university, just people I went to university with started the gist, which is a actually pretty, um, maybe we can collab actually. Oh uh, yeah. I don't know if our community is into sports, but it's women in sports. It's like, yeah. because there's so much press on men's sports, like NHL, yeah. NBA, it's all men's. Right. But like, there's a huge women's college sports and women's sports business there's tons of women who want to do sports and like lululemon and like the nba mm-hmm. nike all sponsor mm-hmm. their newsletter so oh, wow. yes very neat they're not even that niche women in sports i feel like is kind of similar to like women in traveling except we added yeah. asian wanted to it yeah <laughs> so, but but yes i i agree and that's what we're trying to do with asian wonder woman too mm. okay yeah starting from scratch you would try to build a very niche newsletter which you're already doing for option asia yeah. anything else 
Mm, honestly, I feel like my issue is that I dabble in too many projects, which like, you know, cuts my attention span. So like, I think honestly, that would just be like the one thing I'd focus on, like building that very like niche community and also scaling it. And then eventually working with like, I don't know, like tech companies that are hiring for perhaps like expats um, that want to co- go overseas in Asia. Yeah. I don't know if I would do YouTube, honestly. I feel like YouTube though, it is very fun. You have to find your newsletter somehow, Emily. How would you distribute this newsletter? I would do it through like TikTok or like Instagram, like reels, like short form videos, not yeah, like short, YouTube, which is like five, yeah, five, 10 videos, like five to 10 minute videos are quite like intense for like editing, especially if you're doing it all on your own. But yeah, I would try to do like the whole viral thing through like TikTok and like uh, Instagram reels instead. And also like LinkedIn, like LinkedIn has been the source of truth and like the source of like lead gen for like any newsletters. I would do that as well. I mean, that, that sounds like four different platforms, Emily. I thought you were going to focus on <laughs> Well, the, mo- the thing that I would focus on is like the newsletter itself. But again, like distribution channels would be like you know, three like social medias. I would focus on one. Like I think for Option Asia, you should do LinkedIn. More LinkedIn. Yeah, that's true. Because people are, if, if people are looking for jobs in Asia, they're on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. Like career professional. They're not trying to travel like Instagram and TikTok. People are not yeah. looking for job advice on how to move to Asia. <laughs> I mean, some of them do, right? Like that girl, like Miss Excel sheet. Like she's teaching people how to make like Excel sheets. That's true. Like, there's some sort of education element on social media, like TikTok and like Instagram. But you're right. Yeah, that, that's true. That's true. Like compete where p- other people are not necessarily competing. Maybe. I think it's like with Instagram and TikTok, you're leaving it up to the algorithm a lot. Yeah. But once you get discovered, people might become obsessed. Yeah. You have yeah. to really learn TikTok SEO. Apparently, that's like a big thing now. I follow someone on Twitter who talks about TikTok SEO. And I'm like, yeah. I just do not have the brain capacity to learn, like not to learn another platform that just like, it might get banned for one. Like TikTok's the most dangerous yeah. in terms of being banned. And I really believe in focusing on one or two max or like platforms. And that's, I'm also trying to dabble in too much, not just for myself, but for my company. And my head of marketing mm. keeps telling me that. He's like, can you just do one platform? Like, like he has half a million <laughs> followers. He's like, I yeah. first grew twitter until i got to like 250k and then i went on linkedin and then Uh, now i'm like just starting to do newsletter and stuff he's like he wishes he does news he did newsletter earlier like early on trying to sell a course in like content creation and he said his newsletter was only like couple like one to two k like very little at that Mm -hmm. time it wasn't even about ai he just moved there he was talking about content creation and marketing before and that's how i found him but he said that that generated like 30 sales let's say and then his 500k following only generated like five sales Mm. so it's like all of this is just personal branding and I think it leads to opportunities it leads to conversations but if you're trying to sell a product you still need like private traffic and like continued like people who are opting in already and giving you their email and giving you their attention and time like privately and then another micro yes of like more time and more like money and stuff will lead from there. It's hard to directly sell on social media. And like everyone knows that already. Yeah. But I do think you should focus on one platform, one or two max. Like yeah. definitely not. You just listed all of them. You're like, <laughs> except for Twitter. I know. Oh, I didn't say Twitter. I'm like, I'm not a fan of Twitter. I won't be on Twitter. But I do think it's like, it, it will be like this newsletter, right? Like I'm testing out Beehive right now, which is a pretty good, you know, pretty good platform. Yeah, and then posting on like LinkedIn. 
Um, yeah. yeah. Instagram, I mean, it's still there, but like, I'm not really posting as consistently, but you're right in the sense where it's like, maybe just focus on like LinkedIn. Oh, and YouTube. Okay. Okay. So yeah. you're saying that if you were to start over, you'd be like, okay, I'm going to go all in on this newsletter and I'm yeah. going to post on LinkedIn and like yeah. TikTok or whatever. And Instagram, TikTok are the same thing. You're going to make short videos. Or maybe just outsource the other like video stuff, like all the other social media platform stuff to like maybe a, a social media contractor. Yeah, but you're starting from zero. So you have no money to pay them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, then I would do mostly focus on LinkedIn then. But you would still, you'd probably still consult. You'd find like if you were to start from zero to feel safe in like what makes you yeah. feel safe right now is that steady income that comes from like freelancing 20 hours a week. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think it's just like, I like the flexibility and like the manager, like he doesn't really like breathe down like my neck and it's still like a pretty decent, like salaried, like well, not, it's like hourly job. So I'm happy with that right now. It's something that I would consider doing like long-term, but eventually I want to create like something that's like more sustainable, like a digital course, something that sells on its own. So I don't have to do that shit right? does not sell on its own. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like well, my ebook does not sell on its own. You have yeah. to create content continuously. You need to build that list. You need to like yeah. nurture it. And it's one yeah. thing. So like when someone buys it, they don't buy again. And they're now useless unless you create another product. Yeah. Well, I guess like if I had the newsletter for Option Asia and I created a course, right? Yeah, like that's that would fine. be another way to like retarget it. Basically focus on one realm, which is really yeah. hard for us to do because we like like so many things. Do everything. You know? Yeah. So – I know we're, I will talk about myself yeah. soon, but another question yeah, is like, if you already know that that's what you would do yeah. if you were to start from scratch, why aren't you dropping other things right now? I am actually. Oh, you are? Like, yeah, I am. I really am. I mean, that's why you haven't seen me like post on YouTube, like long form videos in a while. Like the real. I feel like I just saw one two weeks ago. Those are reels though. Those are reels. Oh yeah, that's two weeks ago. No, it's like, so I create like short form videos on like Instagram and like TikTok, but they're like, I just distribute them. It takes like five seconds. And then I've gotten down to the point where like I can create reels and like cap cut in like less than five minutes. So for me, that's still like fun, right? It's like a little like Yeah, hobby. yeah, it's fun. Yeah. It's good memories. Like I want more yeah. reels in my life and I just... And I think people find me from those reels as well, like mm -hmm. around like remote work or like travel. And like actually a lot of people have found Asian Water Women through like yeah. my content as well. Because yeah, I've been have. like kind of routing them to there. But yeah, you're right in the sense where I'm like, I am really focusing on just like those two newsletters right now, which is like Asian Water Woman and then um, Option Asia. And then everything else is just like irrelevant right now. <laughs> yeah. What about you? So for me, if I were to just be leaving a nine to five right now, we're like, I just lost everything. I got fired for my uh, knock on friggin' wood. I don't want to get fired from that like, <laughs> CEO role. Yeah, it's a pretty interesting situation. What would I do with like nothing to my name and like zero followers and like everything again? I would pick one platform mm -hmm. and it would probably be still LinkedIn right now just because I feel like yeah. very intellectual and it's easier to connect with people right on mm -hmm. Twitter you might not even follow your friends but on LinkedIn you definitely follow your friends like you connect right with your friends yeah. and so I would say the distribution of LinkedIn is still pretty good and I mm -hmm. know how to write on there I feel comfortable on there and I would build a following on I think my first course of action is to make some income <laughs> so yeah. it would probably honestly be business coaching right now okay from yeah. building a business, that would probably be the easiest thing for me to just get a few clients on. Mm -hmm. I would think about like where I can make 
the most money in terms of like just have a few clients that pay me a lot of money <laughs> and yeah. it might be business because usually business people like you're helping them make money and so I've never been a business coach before so I'm just saying this out of like I like talking about entrepreneurship I have a lot of founders that follow me I think I can consult in that space mm -hmm. and then once I have a steady income either like freelancing or, con or, or like coaching I would focus on building a brand around like entrepreneurship and like travel and stuff basically what I'm doing already and like restart this brand would I move into education immediately like maybe not because I'm like pouring every all of my like what I think might work already into my current job but mm. I am really inspired by I guess I could go consult for ed tech companies pretty easily but I'm pretty yeah. inspired by something called Boundless Life, which is a community for world schoolers. So world schooling families can go and mm -hmm. live in this like location for three, three months, six months, a year. And then there's yeah. like space for kids, et cetera. So that would actually be kind of the niche that I would want to go into if I were to go into education again. And remember, I, I, I'm saying that I've, I've lost everything, right? So all my like yeah. ed tech planning <laughs> gone. So like, but building that it's hard. I know it's hard to build an ed tech brand because I'm not a parent right now. And I'm not an educator, right? I'm just like, I built this for my little sister. <laughs> and this is what I would have wanted, <laughs> you know, and it's working. <laughs> so that's kind of yeah. like what I'm writing on. And without what I'm currently doing, it'd be really hard to write on that. So I would do something yeah. in the world schooling and community yeah. space and maybe grow like Asian Wonder Woman into Oh yeah, we lose Asian Wonder Woman too. So yes, number one, build a brand for yourself. Mm -hmm. Number yeah. two, like whatever expertise you have, I would go for a really high paying, the highest paying clients mm -hmm. and not like try to sell a low, low digital course product. Cause I think yeah. it's just as hard getting your first 10 customers that are paying you like $5,000 as it is getting the first hundred customers to pay you $5. So I would definitely do that coach consult whatever in anything and then with that security I would probably go build another business right now mm -hmm. I'm thinking about buying businesses so I'm like obsessed with Cody Sanchez's content oh, except yeah. for right now, I just don't have time to run a business that I buy but like I told Owen my husband this mm -hmm. and he just sent me like two micro acquire links this morning but I just like don't have time right now to do it but th that would be an option like if I had capital and like I guess not starting from zero, but starting with a capital that I still have, I would totally go buy a business. I would go buy like a really boring business, like a, a laundromat. Uh, probably not a laundromat, but Cody Sanchez yeah. talks a lot about laundromats, but I wouldn't do a laundromat. I'd do something, mm, I don't know. Mm. Laundromats just like too much everywhere all at once or whatever. <laughs> I mean, I think as long as you have an operator, like you would be covered. Exactly, I would right? hire an operator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know how to, through Cody Sanchez, I know how to buy businesses where you like, you invest the time and then yeah. like do like a seller financing. So you slowly pay them off. And I think with my business skills, I could probably do something boring, but that would not be travel friendly. Wouldn't be nomadic yeah. friendly. Yeah, so. But maybe I'll like still move to Lisbon and then I'll buy boring business in Lisbon. And then I'll just, you got to start somewhere. But I think like, what, like to close this off, my closing point, and then you can have a closing point is that I don't even know if I've shared this on a podcast before or like uh, we've talked about this before, but Naval talks about in order to do everything, you need leverage, right? You need media leverage, which is like your personal mm -hmm. brand and like your ability to reach millions. And once yeah. you know how social media works, how to write hooks and copyright and like go into these engagement pods, yeah. you can like, social media lets you, speak to millions like no one ever has had that power right so like 
being able to do that, that's like a huge skill that like yeah. you and I are both working on. And then there's like human leverage, which is like you can hire people, but like you won't have money to do that if you started from zero. <laughs> then there's like technology leverage, right? Like it's, it's you can do get people get technology to do the work that 10, 20, 100 people you would need to do, but like, you know how to leverage it. And now I don't even think that's coding. And now it's like, do you, can you leverage AI? Can you leverage like no code apps, et cetera? And that's how I built all of my businesses. So no issues whatsoever. I can go build a no code, whatever ideas that I come up with. I'm not worried of like lacking business ideas. And then the final one is platform. So, Mm. uh, and like capital, sorry, capital leverage too, which is, do you have money to like do the work for you? And so starting from zero, you would want to build up one or two of these. So what I'm choosing is like, I need to use social media to build up my capital leverage. But if Mm -hmm. I really had to, I could probably do a tech leverage too. So with those things, I feel pretty confident that I have it in me to start over. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, agreed. I mean, I think you've already like proven it in this way, like shape or form. I definitely feel like the media leverage is something that people don't utilize or know how to do. But like, I do see people like who are out there kind of like talking to a a broad audience. And they were just very like simple people, but because they had the audacity to like, even like put themselves out there, like they've garnered a following and like created like loyalty. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how like content creation continues to evolve as like everyone builds their own brand and given like the whole like economic issues like people aren't really loyal to like tech companies anymore now they need to like rely on themselves and like as specialists and on their own personal brands to like make it out in this world so yeah I'm excited for the future and I think you and I both will be okay regardless (laughs) yeah exactly like once you've done it once that's the beauty of just being a person who does things that's what I tweeted recently I'm like go be a person who doesn't like just think about it like go do something and the most valuable thing that we have to gain with the companies and like projects and communities that we've created is more that you figure it out once you can do it again you know like if it all goes away tomorrow like we have all the knowledge it takes it just takes some more time but like we'll be able to do it so much faster from the lessons that we've learned yeah agreed agreed yay yay (laughs) all right Bye, Emily. Bye, Ives. Yeah, I'm the baddest chick. Come now.